Hello and welcome. You're listening to Writers Aloud, a podcast brought to you by writers for the Royal Literary Fund in London. Hello and welcome to episode 375 of Writers Aloud. In this episode, the first part of a two-part interview, Catherine O'Flynn speaks with Bethan Roberts about childhood sleuthing, the difference between writing adult and children's fiction, and her inner self that never grew up. Catherine O'Flynn's debut novel, What Was Lost, was one of those rare books to create news stories beyond the world of book journalism. Published by Tyndall Street Press in 2007, it won the Costa First Novel Award, was shortlisted for the Guardian First Book Award, and was longlisted for the Booker and the Orange Prizes. Catherine was named Newcomer of the Year at the 2008 British Book Awards. The News Where You Are followed and was shortlisted for the Bollinger Everyman Woodhouse Prize, an Edgar Allan Poe Award and was chosen for Channel 4's TV Book Club. In 2013, Viking published Catherine's third novel, Mr Lynch's Holiday. Catherine's the editor of a short story collection for Tyndall Street, Roads Ahead, and her own stories and articles have featured in Granta, The New York Times, The Observer and on BBC Radio 3 and 4. She's also a regular book reviewer for The Guardian. In 2019, Catherine published her first novel for children, Laurie and Max. It was long-listed for the 2020 Branford Bowes Award and the Blue Peter Awards. And the second book in the series, Laurie and Max and the Book Thieves, was published soon after. Prior to the publication of her first novel, Catherine did a variety of jobs, including web editor box office assistant, record shop manager, civil servant, postwoman, teacher and mystery shopper. So, Catherine O'Flynn, it's really lovely to meet you. And I think what I'd first like to talk to you about is detectives. Because your first novel, What Was Lost, featured a child detective and so do your two novels for children, Laurie and Max and Laurie and Max and the Book Thieves. Can you start by telling me what's the appeal of the child detective for you? I guess it's just that I I so badly wanted to be one when, when I was a child. And I kind of, I don't know, I spent a lot of my, my brothers and sisters were all a lot older than me and had all left home by the time I was kind of about eight, nine. So I was on my own quite a lot in the big empty house. And my mum and dad ran a sweet shop. And my dad used to sometimes ask me to keep an eye on the kids that they weren't nicking sweets. He used me as like kind of cheap CCTV. So I'd have to stand there um, watching other children sort of picking up the penny sweets and things. And I'm not sure I was very good as a store detective because I would be too scared to actually grass on anyone if I saw any stealing. But it did get me into this sort of weird covert watching kind of thing, which was quite creepy. And I started going and sitting outside the local bank with my toy monkey and taking down car registration numbers and I think for me I don't know there's something about the sort of things you do as a detective or as a sort of pretend detective at least are quite similar to the things you do as a writer the kind of watching Mm. and noticing and taking down notes and I suppose you know for me I was I was desperately trying to 
find something more interesting in life. You know, life was very boring, and I thought I just was sure there must be something more exciting going on, which tragically there wasn't at all. And so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just it kind of sticks with me a lot. You know, it's, I've, since uh, I think since my first novel came out, and some interviewers said, "Oh, you know, how did you find it writing from the point of view of a ten-year-old or whatever?" You know, how did you get into that head? And I kind of realised then that you know, embarrassingly, really, I, I think that just is my inner voice still. I'm, I sort of haven't really evolved from there. So I find it quite natural to slip back, well, slip back, remain in that kind of that voice. And yeah, so I think it's a lot of it is just it's just me, really. That's often how I view the world. I still slightly think I'm a little bit of a secret detective on a mission. So I'm interested then in how that child detective became the kind of writer detective (laughs) because I think you're really right that thing about you know looking for clues and observing and taking down notes that's all what writers do isn't it so was there a kind of point where you thought actually what I'm doing is creating stories how did that work how did you progress from you know Mm. being a detective to being a writer (laughs) did did that did that happen when you were young or was that a lot later it was a lot later, really. I, d- I think now it's all in retrospect and with hindsight that I can sort of see those links. I don't think there was ever a point when I thought, hang on, I've developed some pretty transferable skills here. And I'll, <laughs> I'll go on and be a writer. Instead, what happened was that, you know, I left university or whatever without any clue about what I wanted to do and drifted into all kinds of different jobs. Yeah, the only sort of conviction I had really was that I, I, I was a bit scared of having a proper career because I thought... I don't know, my parents had died quite young and I thought I didn't want to be stuck in a job all my life and then die. And, you know, it was this kind of a stupid sort of young person's idea. So I did a lot of sort of random jobs and the writing really was just very much pushed into the background. I wasn't really writing, but I would often just sort of write little notes about things in the evenings. I'd come home and write down things, you know, when I was working, for example, in retail, I'd write about customers or situations. And that just started to sort of grow a bit more. And almost naturally, as I was writing those notes and things, it it kind of reminded me of when I was little and how I was kind of I don't know, I just realised that a lot of it was similar ground I was going over. And so it just it just happened quite gradually, but it was a you know, it was wasn't really until my thirties that I started writing properly or writing in, with any kind of consistency. Right. So when you were so when you were being your, your child detective, mm. you weren't interested in in writing, in reading. I mean, were you doing those things as well, but you just hadn't joined them up? Or is it really that you didn't actually think about writing something down in that way until you were about 30 yeah it was all a bit separate I think I mean certainly Mm. I read a lot as a child I was reading a lot of um detective books naturally um I used to love there's a series called the three investigators and they were based in a sort of junkyard they had an HQ in a junkyard and that really appealed to me because I sort of lived in quite a sort of junkyardy industrial area and mm. that sort of resonated more than famous five really so I, I was I would read a lot and I did like writing but I never really writing was just something you know occasionally you'd be asked to write a story at school it wasn't something I thought of that you did as a sort of pastime and then when I got to kind of teenager sort of and university I thought oh I really want to be a music journalist I was kind of really obsessed with that idea mm. um, but again 
didn't really connect to that as like maybe what it is I enjoy doing is writing I just thought I'm really into music so I want to be a music journalist and I want to sort of do that kind of thing I don't think the idea of being a writer ever seriously I just didn't think that was something you did really that sounds that sounds disingenuous but you know what I mean I mean obviously I knew people were writers but I, do, I, I, yeah. did, I don't really think I thought that that was something I was ever going to do yeah no I do know what you mean <laughs> yeah yeah I was going to get onto this later, but I'll ask you now because you've brought it up. The thing about because you said about you write notes or you you were you were taking notes, you know, from your job. So you had your day job, and then you would kind of come home and write some notes. And I think I've read somewhere else that your kind of writing process. I know you don't like that term, but <laughs> <laughs> but it it kind of consists of going through old notebooks, looking at stuff you've written down spending and then spending a long time thinking about that stuff right yeah so I'm just wondering if you can kind of say a bit more about how the stuff that is written down in the notebooks becomes a plot or a story or is that mysterious to you (laughs) that's a good question I, I don't know if I I have a very good answer really I mean it's not that I don't like the word process it's just that I always feel it's you know, I don't deserve that word, (laughs) whatever it is I do. I think usually it's just that things I've written down, I mean, I I should say I'm actually really inconsistent in my note taking and haphazard. And, you know, I can go for ages without doing it at all. But when I go back and look at stuff I've written, it's usually stuff that was kind of interesting to me at some point at the time and was, and, and always those notes are things that I think, oh, I'd like to explore this a bit further and go back to it. And, Usually what happens is certain things just retain a bit of heat, if you know what I mean, and I kind of keep circling them and going back to them or thinking about them or they link up with something that's happening to me in the present or some story I've read in the news. And so then I kind of just, I don't know, have this weird little kind of bag of loose elements that I sort of mess about with for ages and just see if they kind of come together in some way. I find it quite a... For me, that's always you know, the most difficult part of the process, working out exactly what it is I really want to write about, or certainly working out what it is I want to write about that could evolve into a novel that's kind of novel shaped, because it is this slightly sort of ramshackle process. Yeah. But yeah, that, I'm not sure that's explained it at all, but that, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> no, it sounds very familiar. Um, (laughs) do you do plans are you a planner or is it just that you would like take the notes and think oh that's interesting I'll start writing about that and then see where it goes yeah no no I'd I'd, I'd sort of I'm always I suppose you're always envious of the thing that you're not I'm, I'm always very sort of impressed by people who do that who say I just you know start writing and see where it takes me because that's just <laughs> my writing doesn't take me anywhere if I do that I am a big planner I mean usually what I do is this this long difficult period of wondering what it is what what the basic story could be what it is I want to look at and then when once I have that I kind of work out a sequence or a potential you know path through all that and I actually write a list of all the scenes that I think I will need to write in order to get so it's quite detailed it's almost like a storyboard before Mm. I start and obviously then I feel like once I've done that even if it's quite 
there's not that many obviously it's going to change a lot and mutate and grow but once I have the whole framework it's only then really that I can feel I can start because if not it just feels like I'm you know that sort of weird thing when you're describing a dream to someone and you're just waffling on and it's not going it feels like this shapeless thing whereas mm-hmm. if I vaguely have a trajectory I'm following and even if I veer off it and go in other directions it, it, it's okay but I'm a very kind of listy sort of person I kind of always have loads of lists and I think that that gives me a lot of security in my writing I'm not quite I don't have I don't know the bravery or something just to go completely freestyle yeah so so lists are important yeah Um, very important but presumably lists get chucked out and you know in a new list get written quite a lot or, or or once you've got the list is that it no yeah they do they do mutate I, I don't think it's it's very rare that well I mean occasionally you know you'll have written I might get in sort of 10,000 or 15,000 words into something and think actually this is this is going nowhere and abandon it altogether but it's a new I don't think I've ever sort of embarked on something and then at some point completely changed where I was going with it it normally pretty much follows the trajectory but that you know lots of bits get added to it you know I'll find a character who is has got more to them than I initially thought or or things occur to me so I mean I think it's it reminds me a lot of you know being at school and doing endless revision timetables <laughs> I think the um, I think the lists often serve that kind of purpose for me that they're obviously a lot easier than actually doing the actual writing um, and so I think I'm working on it by just like oh yeah maybe if I just swap that one around and move that one up a bit and I'm kind of mm-hmm. endlessly faffing about with lists and bits of paper is kind of a nice displacement uh, activity <laughs> And is it the same when you write your novels for children? And this is possibly completely wrong, but but my kind of idea of children's fiction is that perhaps it has to be very tightly plotted and, you know, that, that maybe the process for writing a children's book would be different, but maybe you haven't, you don't find that. No, I have actually. You, you're right. It has been different. I mean, I would say the degree of planning is similar. It's still sort of degree of structure, but the strange thing I found is that when I write a book for adults as I say I start off with this big list of potential scenes I'm going to write but I'm really incapable of writing them in order I go back and forth and it again it feels a bit like avoiding work because there'll be some scenes I'm really looking forward to writing and some scenes I think will be more difficult and so that allows me I think to push the more difficult ones to the end (laughs) and I know that's a really bad strategy and I tried with I think it was my second novel or maybe my third novel I can't remember now not to do that to write it strictly in order and I just got blocked for about a year I couldn't write I just kept writing the same chapter over and over again but when I write the children's books weirdly I completely write them in order and it it makes sense and it feels natural to do so. I never have any urge to suddenly skip forwards, you know, 40 pages. So I've no idea why that is. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Maybe I find it, maybe I find bits of it less daunting. I'm not sure, but um, that's certainly a difference. Oh, that's that's really interesting, isn't it? Do you think that's because you come at it with a different mindset from the start or does it just feel more manageable because it's shorter or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I've actually never, I've never explored it at all or really Mm. sort of delved into it. But I think it might be that I find it, I don't know, in some ways, maybe less 
terrifying and inhibiting. I don't, I don't mean that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't find writing novels that terrifying, but there's a level to which, you know, your inner critic is becomes very paralyzing. And, you know, you, you constantly, I find half of the job of writing is me managing myself and managing the way I'm feeling about things and like giving myself little team talks and all this. Yeah, Whereas yeah. for some reason, when I write children's books, I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I'm not sure whether it's because... I read fewer children's books than I do adult books, so I'm perhaps more intimidated by adult literature because, you know, I, I read a lot of books and stuff. And so, mm. whereas with children's books, I haven't read that many since I was a kid. And so I'm not sort of, I'm not really, really aware of this, like, massive wall. I have to climb. I'm a bit blithe about it and think, oh, well, I'll just write this. And I sort of merrily go along, mm. which isn't to say I don't care about it. I definitely do care about it, but it just doesn't intimidate me in quite the way and I don't get quite so paralysed that I might do when I'm writing an adult novel. Mm. God, I sound like a complete basket case, I've just realised. So no, 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 you absolutely don't. I completely understand what you're saying. Okay. I'm just, I'm, so I'm wondering then, what, what was behind your sort of initial impulse to go into children's fiction? Is it Was it that you'd always wanted to do that or was it just that you thought I'd give it a go? Or, you know, how did that come about? It was a a sort of a mixture of a few things, I suppose. One was that I didn't have anything I wanted to write about for for an adult novel. You know, I didn't have anything bubbling away that I thought I I wanted to write. Not even to the extent that I thought, well, if I really, really sit down and think about it a lot, I should come up with something. I just thought I don't really, I I kind of felt that I'd sort of, not that I'd turn everything, but that I'd, I'd cleared up a lot of the stuff I wanted to work out and think about, and I didn't have anything particularly sort of there waiting to be dealt with. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I like writing. It sounds like I don't, but I do like writing. And often, it's it's a strange thing, but I had this weird because as I say, I often kind of feel that I'm still that same ten year old kid sitting outside the bank. Often, children would crop up in my books for adults obviously in the first one but also the second one there's kind of a key character who's a child and I kept thinking I can't keep writing children in my grown-up books you know <laughs> it's like I need to and then I thought well rather than kind of suppress that why don't I? you know various people had said to me why wouldn't you just write children's books sometime and I thought yeah I guess that would that would allow me to write and I could write a child's character without feeling it was somehow a slightly shameful thing to do mm-hmm. um so I think it was that and also it was just that I've yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just, sometimes I just don't want to write. And I did want to write that. So I just thought, just write what you want to write. That's what I felt like writing. So I just went with it. Yeah, that sounds like a good strategy, really. Yeah. And has it been a, a good experience overall? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it has. It has, I guess. I mean, I've I've enjoyed, I enjoyed writing both of them. And I don't know, it's weird because it's such a different it feels very different the the whole world of children's books. It was a real, real struggle getting the first one published. I think it was, God, I don't know, it took ages, years for it to actually find a publisher because children's publishing seems even more restrictive than adult publishing in terms of, you know, ah, uh, well, if it's a detective book, then it needs to have gadgets or if it's there's all these kind of invisible tripwires I was completely unaware of that um so that was kind of instructive thinking Mm -hmm. wow this is really really tough market you know I mean and it kind of makes sense because when you sort of think of a bookshop how much space there is for children's fiction as opposed to adult fiction Mm -hmm. and how much of that children's fiction section is taken up with kind of celebrity authors or whatever it's actually a very 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 crowded market 
So that was kind of interesting. And then the other thing that I found interesting, obviously, is less so with the second one because it's it was came out during lockdown and it's it's been completely sort of there's been no public events to do with it. But with the first one, having to do events for children was just really interesting because obviously that's just never it hadn't really crossed my mind that that would be a thing and uh it's so so you know that I found that slightly petrifying so I'm completely fine you know I'd sort of okay talking to a room of grown-ups it's not an issue you know mm-hmm. but um children I'm kind of bloody hell that that was weird <laughs> trying to pitch your the level appropriately and just not the thing that just struck me is like god I'm so boring for children I'll be wittering on about stuff that I think is really interesting <laughs> and then see their faces and they're just like bored out of their skulls and think, what the hell am I doing I don't, I don't really know what I'm, so I find that I mean in some I know it's a terrible thing to say but that has been a slight upside <laughs> lockdown is that I haven't had to do so much for the second one because I really thought god I need try I need really intense training on this because I don't know what the hell I'm doing because there's a lot of going into schools isn't there as a children's author is that right and yeah I did I didn't do too much of it because of my terror like after the first couple I thought I mean, it wasn't that they didn't go horribly wrong I didn't kill anyone or anything like that but I just felt really I wasn't I think I'd gone in there not even thinking about it think this is going to be fine you know obviously i was going to sort of pitch it more to children but I just really felt quite scared when I was doing it It felt much more panicky than I thought I would and thought geez I don't I don't really like this very much but I think yeah if I wanted to be a big successful children's author you would certainly need to be really you know raise your game a lot on that to be a lot better (laughs) and a lot more up for it. That was Catherine O'Flynn in conversation with Bethan Roberts. You can find out more about Catherine on her website at www.catherineoflynn.com. And that concludes episode 375, which was recorded by Bethan Roberts and produced by Kona McPhee. Coming up in episode 376, in the concluding part of this interview, Catherine speaks with Bethan about location, proper jobs and rented offices. We hope you'll join us. You've been listening to Writers Aloud, a podcast brought to you by writers for the Royal Literary Fund in London. To subscribe to podcasts and to find out more about the work of the RLF, please visit our website at www.rlf.org.uk. Thanks for listening.